And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever Show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. EY here in just a moment. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's happening, man? Great. Happy Friday to you. We got a jam-packed show today. Obviously going to recap everything that happened last night. We got to get into every game for week one. Starts, we'll sits. We will try our best. We're, uh, we're, we're going to have to move quickly through those games. That, You're not very good at that, though. I know. I'm going to have to. I, I, I myself am going to have to try my best, uh, admittedly. But, uh... What a game last night, Greggy. A, a slobber knocker, one might call it. What a game indeed. EY, what's going on, man? We don't have him yet. We're still All right, we're still, waiting, we're still waiting on EY. He'll be with us in just a few moments. But yeah, last night, the best way to describe it, Frankie, is News Fest. I mean, it was, I watched it at a bar. I was all pumped. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it's midnight. I'm still sitting here. <laughs> like, that was terrible, ultimately. And my biggest takeaways is I wanted to create a... Uh, some imaging, just called takeaways, something like that. So the second would always be called takeaways, right? In my head this morning. But we'll get Bavona on that soon uh, enough. Uh, agreed. So the biggest takeaway I had really, takeaways, I should say, were this. Number one, these offensive lines are both bad. Both of these offensive lines were bad, in my opinion. In the first half. Specific- they got better in the second half. Specifically in the first half, I agree with that. But Aaron Rodgers was constantly on the floor, and I get it, it's the Chicago Bears defense. Uh, the Green Bay defense, very impressive, I thought. That was definitely a takeaway. But as I was watching, I was really focused because I was with the two of my buddies who each had a running back in, on each team. One had Aaron Jones, one had Dave Montgomery. So I was really focused on those two guys. And my biggest takeaways here, as I keep using that word, Dave Montgomery looked awesome, yes, but... Oh, we're going to use him every play. He touched the ball like five times all game. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Mike Davis had six catches. Uh, it was seven, Greg. Like five times all game is still accurate. It was a joke. Dave Montgomery carried the ball three times in a row, had a missed tackle each and every one of those carries, and then seemingly, I know I'm exaggerating, didn't see the ball the rest of the game. And it wasn't like it was a blowout. It wasn't like they were killing clock the other way. This is a one-score game all game. And the one, the one player on the field for the Bears that looked effective didn't get the ball. Awful coaching by Matt Nagy. On the other side, the Packers certainly made an attempt, I think, to establish the run. But there, Hashtag established run. But there was no running game to be found. Aaron Jones did nothing. Jamal Williams did less. Is it time... 
hot take, overreaction, whatever. Are you nervous about Aaron Jones a little bit? I know it's the Bears' defense, but are you a little nervous? No, I'm not nervous about Aaron Jones. He still out-carried Jamal Williams 13-5 to in this contest. And when it comes to the snaps as well, I mean, Aaron Jones 37-2, Jamal Williams is 24. So we're probably looking at a 60-40 split, whether it's 65-35. And most running back tandems in the league are going to be similar to this. I will say, when it comes to Aaron Jones, they have a tough schedule to start. I believe they face the Viking next week as well. Um, And I got to look into who they face after that. But it's a tough start for the first couple of weeks for the Green Bay Packers. So we could potentially be looking at Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers, all three of these guys, as by-low candidates after the first three weeks of the season. But when it comes to Aaron Jones, again... 13 carries to Jamal Williams' 5, 37 snaps to Jamal Williams' 24. Would like to see Aaron Jones used more in the pass game. I thought the play calling on both sides was terrible in this game. For a lot of the game, you know, when they were trying to use Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams to establish the run, it was a lot of just running their, their backs into the back of the offensive line. It reminded me of David Johnson from last year with Mike McCoy. Now, I did have my question marks originally when the Packers signed Matt LaFleur to be their head coach because I don't think that he really earned a head coaching gig. I didn't think that the Titans' offense was good last year. I thought that they underutilized Derrick Henry for most of the season. I didn't think that there was much creativity there. And if last night is any indication of things to come this year, we could be in for a long season when it comes to the Packers' offense overall, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. on, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I didn't know why I shut it off. But, yeah, I think the Packers' offense... They weren't in sync. I don't know if it was the Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers thing or what, or if it was the offensive line, but they, they, they didn't play good. at all throughout the preseason, though. It's worth pointing That's that out. True. Both of these teams did not play their starters throughout the course of the preseason. Pulling up this Packers schedule coming up, yeah, it's the Vikings and then it's the Denver Broncos, so they're going to get Vic Fangio's defense with the Denver Broncos. So first three matchups for the Packers, and then they get Philly, Dallas, Detroit. Should be able to calm down a little bit there. And those, you know, Dallas has a good defense, but overall, we could be looking at buy-low candidates for the Packers. But if you're worried, if this offensive play calling does not get better over these next couple of games, then as I just mentioned, it, it could be a long season for all of their weapons involved. Absolutely. I mean, Geronimo Allison not targeted last It was night. a terrible... Let's just say it for what it is, Greg. It was a terrible fantasy game for everybody not named Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham. That's what it was. And the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense was still good. Was it a terrible fantasy game for Tariq Cohen? Not terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. It was you, you know, it was solid. Yeah. It was solid. It was fine. Everybody else, you know, specifically Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham were great in this game. So Allen Robinson looked fantastic in yeah. this game. He was beating quarterbacks left Even and with right. Mitch Trubisky being terrible. Oh, he, he, he's very bad. He's like very but he bad. was very bad last year early on as well. And then he started to come Dude. into his own. But you're, look, he was bad. There's no excuse. He when, was bad. Even when he didn't have pressure. He was bad. 26 for 45. Why are the what? Bears throwing the ball times. 45 times in a 10-3 football game, Greg? You want to talk about literally on the uh, the bottom left of the card that Matt Nagy uses. It says in big, bold letters, BU. Bears were not them last night. No, they weren't. And you had this talented David Montgomery who I didn't know anything about. I, as I said, coming yep. in, I have no shares. He looked like the most talented player on the field. Enough of this Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis crap. Uh, and Tariq Cohen, by the way, was a wide receiver in this game. I know I'm supposed to stop talking about this at the end. I have more to say. We'll come back. We'll get into week one, I promise. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. The vibration, cause we're about to rock the entire nation. Alright, here we go. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Fantasy BFFs rocking and rolling into week one. I know we wanted to keep the content uh, from last night's game to those first seven minutes. I, I can't do it, Frank, because I, I got more to say, man. All right. We were go. talking about these running backs. We were talking about David Montgomery. We were mentioning he needed the ball more. No question. He looked good. Needed more of an opportunity. The he averaged was, over six yards per touch compared to Mike Davis's three. Correct. And Mike Davis had, what, six passes? Something? Yes. Plus six passes like that, right? He was targeted in the red zone, too, on that final drive. Joke. And who was their third net and one back? It wasn't David Montgomery. It was Cordero Patterson. What are we doing? You're outthinking yourself. Matt Nagy, be you. Be you. Third and one, line up in an I formation and give the ball to David Montgomery. Don't overthink this. Speaking of overthinking... As people know, like I was in on, a- on Anthony Miller this year. I thought he was a good slot receiver. thought Mitch Trubisky could take a step. You want Anthony Miller. Last night, two wide receiver sets. Anthony Miller was not on the field. It was Taylor Gabriel, who, if you didn't count offensive pass interference, had a pretty good night. In the slot, Anthony Miller was on the field a little bit, but the main slot receiver, Tariq Cohen. How nervous would you be about both slot receivers in this game, Anthony Miller and Geronimo Allison? I think as Anthony Miller gets healthier because he missed a lot of training camp, and that's really been a big bugaboo on him in his first two seasons so far is that he has been off injured. I do think he is a talented player, uh, but he's, you know, an end-of-your-bench player. Geronimo Allison someone that was drafted much higher. So uh, if, if the person I'm more worried about would be Geronimo Allison just based on the fact that he played 30 snaps last night, 22 of those came in the slot. He did not register a single target. I think that there was a throw that was kind of close to him, but they still gave that target to MVS, and we said this all offseason long, at least I did, I had MVS ranked higher than Geronimo Allison, I said in two wide receiver sets, MVS was going to be out there, and that's exactly what happened, we saw him really have the play of the game, I would say, where, you know, with one of those really, really long passes, uh, over 40-yard reception there for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but his size-speed combination uh, is enticing for fantasy football purposes. So it's clearly MVS ahead of Geronimo Allison right now. The player I'm more worried about between Anthony Miller and Geronimo Allison is Allison overall. And wow. I, I just got some snaps here for you guys. 71 yeah. offensive plays for the Bears yesterday. Mike Davis played 40 snaps out of 71. David Montgomery, only 27 of those. Tariq Cohen played 51 snaps yesterday, 40 of those in the slot, seven lined up out wide, only four at the running back position. So uh, in PPR leagues or half PPR, obviously Tariq Cohen has his value there, but I honestly don't really know how many carries he's going to get uh, this upcoming season. Again, Allen Robinson played 68 out of 71 offensive snaps. He was awesome. Um, Everyone else in this game was a disappointment, as I mentioned. Devontae Adams, his lowest receiving yardage total in a game since week seven of 2017. It was a very disappointing game overall for both Aaron Rodgers 
and Devontae Adams. But as I mentioned, if someone in your league is freaking out, try and buy low on Adams. I'm not as confident in Rodgers. I want to see how the play calling goes the next couple of games. But I do think Adams is going to get his. And I do think David Montgomery is going to get better. I think that Matt Nagy is going to learn from this. Or at least, I'm hoping so, Greg. Yeah, I'm buying David Montgomery as of today. Also buying MVS stock. The clear number two receiver after Devontae Adams. Targeted downfield. Caught the 47-yard pass. I like MVS. I like David Montgomery. I, I, I trust him. And Allen Robinson, man. Huge winner from last night. He looked awesome. Someone I, I know a lot of people in the industry were high on. I was not. But even with Trubisky struggling through his 45 pass attempts, Allen Robinson looked fantastic. He really, really did. Another year further removed from that ACL surgery. And as we got closer to the start of the season, I started to move him up my rankings. I remember doing a few whiteboard series where I actually drafted him there at the end of the fifth round. I ended up with him on, I believe, two of my home league teams as well. So I started to warm up to Allen Robinson a little bit. Uh, but ultimately... Based on this game, it seems like I should have been even higher on Allen Robinson than I was. Shout out to EY. I know he was very high on Allen Robinson. We're working to get EY on. Hey, guys, downstairs, let's try EY again. He says he's ready, so let's try to get EY uh, on the program. Let's jump into these games, Greg. We got a lot. Let's do it, man. Let's start. uh, Week one will begin with the Carolina Panthers at home taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I know this is one of the uh, high-scoring games that we expect. It could be a shootout in Carolina. Frank, break it down for me, man. Yeah, so I was talking to you about this downstairs. I'm a little bit worried about Jared Goff here in this spot because his home road splits last year were drastic. He threw 22 of his touchdowns at home last year, only 10 of those on the road. His yards per attempt went from over 9 to 7.5 when he was at home versus on the road last year. Loses two of his offensive linemen, and last year when he was... Kept clean, he had, a, he had the fourth highest passer rating in the NFL. Under pressure, that dropped to 22nd. And the Carolina Panthers have addressed their pass rush in the offseason, drafting Brian Burns, bringing in Gerald McCoy as well. So I'm worried about Jared Goff a little bit in this spot. You know, I still do like Brandon Cooks. I don't think that the Carolina Panthers' secondary is all that great. You know, I do still have Brandon Cooks, uh, Jar- uh, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods all ranked inside of my top 30, Greg with Brandon Cooks being ranked the highest of them. Uh, But overall, I do have some concerns when it comes to Jared Goff. Uh, And Todd Gurley, look, if you drafted Todd Gurley, you're still starting him. Everyone knows how we feel about Todd Gurley. I, myself, am probably the most worried out of everyone that we've had on the show, including Michael Florio. Uh, But if you own Todd Gurley, you're obviously starting him, Greg. But I I think that there could be a scenario where if you own Jared Goff, you actually can get away from him this week, Greg. Jared Goff against Carolina. And hey, speaking of quarterbacks, we told you don't start Aaron Rodgers. I told you Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers. I yeah, said the same thing yesterday. You had him one spot uh, different, but you had Lamar Jackson ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, only finished with like 12 or 13 points, something along those lines. Wasn't great. 200 yards and one touchdown. I believe he only rushed for eight yards as well. Uh, just to put this in perspective, a few quarterbacks I have ranked ahead of Jared Goff this week. Matt Stafford loved the matchup for Arizona. We'll talk about that later. Josh Allen and Phillip Rivers. Those are the three quarterbacks I have just ahead of Jared Goff. I have Goff down at QB 18, Greg. All right, Jerry Goff, QB 18, according to Frankie Stanfield. I'm excited for this game to find out uh, DJ Moore versus Curtis Samuel, see what we can get, see who Cam's targeting. Remember, as Frank mentioned, when it came to the Packers and the Bears, it's a lot of the first time we're going to see all these guys play together uh, all at once, the number one offensive line with the number one receivers and quarterback, uh, and so on and so forth. But as you mentioned before, Frank, Allen Robinson was fantastic. One guy that called it is EY, who we welcome on the show right now. What's going on, EY? Guys, I didn't break anything, and that's a uh, that's a, a course to celebrate for sure. I, I was getting real close. I, I uh, not 
if you're looking at my face right now, you can tell this is not a face of a technical mastermind. Um, but got it worked out. Glad to be here, boys. And yes, Alan Robinson, a guy that I loved. He looked great. But Anthony Miller, also another guy that I loved. He did not. So it's a uh, it's mixed reviews. Not great for Anthony Miller last night. Excellent, though, uh, for Alan Robinson. Uh, EY, anything on the Rams and the, and the Panthers? What are you watching for here? I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with uh, the Cam's foot. Will he yep. be mobile? Uh, and, and I was listening. Uh, I had just connected and listened to you go. You guys were finishing up on, and I agree with that. But I, I still believe whether the linemen, whoever it is playing, I, I just believe that uh, McVeigh is such a, a mastermind at scheming up uh, game plans and, and formations and stuff that the, the, the offensive line will still be good. Todd Gurley, I believe, is going to have a huge game, and everyone is going to wish that they draft him in the first round like I did. All right, we'll find out what happens with Todd Gurley. Of course, week one is upon us. Let's move on, Frank, and let's get to our next game, which brings us to Philadelphia, where the Eagles are hosting the Washington football team. One of the bigger spreads, if not the biggest spread of the week. Eagles at home facing off against Case Keenum. The defense for Washington is not all that bad, but I think the number one question that I have going into this game is what will be the usage of Miles Sanders? Last night we saw with Dave Montgomery, it was seven touches. That's bad. What will the usage be with Miles Sanders, over or under seven touches, Frank? I'll probably take the slight over here, and it it really is because of the line in this game. You see the Eagles are laying 10 points right now, so huge favorites at home going up against Washington. You mentioned their defense was improved last year, finished 16th in total defense, Washington Redskins last year. Uh, But I do like Jordan Howard a little bit more. I think Jordan Howard gets the first carry in this game, as I've said all offseason long throughout the draft season. Miles Sanders is going to get his shot, but I think it comes a little bit further into the season, a lot like on Johnson. So I actually think Jordan Howard is in play as a flex option this week because of how big the, the spread is in this game. Philly's going to be playing with a lead in this divisional matchup against Washington. I do think Jordan Howard is worthy of a flex. We'll go over, uh, I guess, the rest of the pass catchers overall in this game when we get back. We'll go over all the pass catchers on both sides, Washington and Philadelphia, and we'll continue breaking down week one. We know we only got 40 minutes to do it. We'll do our best. Stick with us, the BFFs. EY, Frank, and I, we continue on after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back with you here on the BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, Eric Young here as well. Trying to find uh, this read that I'm, I'm sure I have somewhere here, Frank. You, you know, I know I have. Are you hinting that I should be reading it again? You know, or something like that. I'm not hinting at it. It, w- it would have been cool if you. Oh, I got it right here. Here we go. Boom. Do you have it? Did we get it? I don't think we got an email for reads. No reads. All right, perfect. Let's continue on. We got a lot of games to get to. We do have a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. I know you want to get to the pass catches with the Eagles and the Skins. 
Yeah, it's worth mentioning Alshon Jeffrey came out today that he's like dealing with a biceps injury, but it seems like he's going to be good to go. Uh, Deshaun Jackson also still returning from uh, his fractured finger that he suffered from throughout training camp. Uh, Deshaun Jackson actually has the better matchup in this one. According to Pro Football Focus wide receiver cornerback matchups, Josh Norman is going to be on Alshon Jeffrey in this one, while Deshaun Jackson is going up against Quinton Dunbar. So that's the better matchup here overall. Alshon Jeffrey, still a solid wide receiver three. Deshaun Jackson, you know what he is. Boomer bust, low-end wide receiver three as well. Uh, we'll go through a few other safer options throughout the rest of the show that, you know, if you have like a Jamison Crowder, for example, uh, I would use him over Deshaun Jackson this week. You're using Zach Ertz. I mentioned uh, I have Jordan Howard as a flex option. I have him as a top 36 running back. I have Miles Sanders outside of my top 36 this week, Greggy. Is that a mistake? I I don't think it's a mistake. I I think it's ultimately going to be close. EY, let me throw it to you. Go. Hi. What do you think, man? <laughs> I, look, I, I have actually, in our, our home league, the pit league, I have to make a decision on Miles Sanders. Yeah. Do I start him in my flax? Do I start Kenny and Drake in my flex, yep. Kiki Cutie. I don't know. Uh, I have Drake in there. I've had him in all along um, thinking that, that that would be the safer bet because Miles Sanders, like Frank said, and is what I've agreed with, is I think he's going to be the real deal, but it's going to happen a little bit later on. Jordan Howard's going to start, um, and Miles Sanders is going to be eased into the role. Miles Sanders, we said before, I put the over-under at seven touches, and maybe it'll be slightly over. Maybe Jordan Howard will be slightly over. I, I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know. Yep. And I don't want to make a decision in week one that could obviously hurt me. For Washington, can I have some Trey Quinn love this week? Huh? Uh, potentially. I wouldn't want him in my starting lineup. Okay. I don't want any of the Washington pass catchers in my lineup. Uh, Jordan Reed came out yesterday. He's still in concussion protocol. Surprise, surprise. The only person maybe you're flirting with using as a flex is Darius Geis. All the talk this week has been Darius Geis is going to be the starter. He's going to you know see the majority of the touches from the running back position. I will throw Chris Thompson's name out there as well. Uh, Philly did struggle against pass catching running backs last year, but this is if you're really really desperate and only in a PPR league. Uh, Darius Geis, I have him as my RB thirty six, just behind Royce Freeman and Kenyon Drake, just ahead of Justin Jackson and Miles Sanders. So if you're debating Darius Geis or Miles Sanders. I still would use Darius Geis just because I expect him to see more touches than Miles Sanders in this game. I would choose Darius Geis over Miles Sanders as well. AP could be inactive this week for all we know. We'll get that decision, of course, on Sunday. Let me continue on, guys, get to our next game. And that now brings us to New York as the Jets are hosting the Buffalo Bills. I guess it's New Jersey, given it's this game. It's the Bills and the Jets. And... You know, you're the Bills guy, but I want to throw a name out to you, and it's John Brown. People are talking about John Brown as a sneaky DFS play this week. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, he's the kind of guy that uh, could be a sneaky play at, at any position at any time this is a guy that that has wide receiver one upside but he is a boom and bust guy he's been that way his whole career but the last time he played with a guy with that any had any decent arm strength was joe flacco and i believe that allen uh, can whip the ball even better than, than joe flacco ever could uh, i don't think he has the touch or the accuracy that flacco has but allen's gonna whip it down the field they're gonna be, you know be working them with play action they're going to want to run the ball and john brown could have a couple deep targets and make up for uh, you know a whole fantasy week with two or three catches. 
Yeah, I agree. I actually have John Brown ranked as my wide receiver 39, so checks in just inside of my top 40. I have him ahead of Deshaun Jackson as well. So if you're debating those two guys, uh, I do have John Brown higher. Look, it, regardless of who he's going up against, whether it's Tremaine Johnson or Daryl Roberts, the weakness of this Jets defense is their secondary. Tremaine Johnson signed for big money last year, did not show up, dealt with an injury for most of training camp as well. We don't even know if he's 100%. He has been practicing this week. But overall, John Brown is in a really good spot last year. Really good point by EY bringing up that when Joe Flacco was healthy last year, John Brown was performing like a top 30 wide receiver for fantasy purposes. So now has a quarterback that matches his skill set as well. It's boomer bust, but it's worth mentioning that I do like John Brown higher than I like Deshaun Jackson, Greg. And you'll be, uh, you'll be surprised to know this. I have John Brown ranked higher than... Robbie Anderson as well, going on the other side in this game, match up with Tredavious White. Do you have John Brown ranked higher than D.D. Westbrook this week? No, 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 no. I have D.D. Westbrook inside my top 24. Very oh, wow. bullish on D.D. this week. You like D.D. a lot yes. this week. Okay. Well, Marquise Goodwin, where is he? I know I'm jumping around. Uh, Marquise Goodwin I have as wide receiver 40, so he's really in this similar range yeah. as guys like John Brown. Yep. I have him just ahead of Michael Gallup and Deshaun Jackson yep. and Robbie okay. Anderson. So they're Makes all sense. similar players, but Makes I think sense. his matchup is probably the best of some of those other names that I mentioned. All right, there you go. Um, just Anyone else here? Like Devin Singletary, I don't even have him inside my top 36. I really kind of just want to see how this backfield plays, plays out, out yeah. this week before I put a Bills running back in my lineup. On the other side, I mentioned I like Jamison Crowder. I have him a few spots higher than all these other wide receivers I mentioned. My wide receiver, 38 this week. Uh, I do think that this is a matchup that John Brown, uh, that Jamison Crowder, excuse me, can exploit. Robbie Anderson going up against Tredavious White. I don't think that he's 100% either. I know he's been practicing on a limited basis, uh, but I do think uh, Robbie Anderson's going to be in a tough one here, Greg. And all the talk throughout camp has been Jamison Crowder is the number one target for Sam Darnold. I think he has a pretty good game in this one against the Bills. The Vikings are hosting the Atlanta Falcons. This is one of the games, EY, that I'm most looking forward to. Two teams that could be really, really good this year. I said it earlier this week, and it feels like people are sleeping a little bit on the Minnesota Vikings. I think Dalvin Cook uh, is a awesome, awesome play this week. Obviously, you're, you're seeing what he has. The big question is Stephon Diggs. He's listed as questionable for Sunday. When asked if he's going to play, Mike Zimmer said, quote, we'll see. How nervous are you about Stephon Diggs and the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, you got to you got to take that into consideration. That that's a that's a worry. Uh, this is a team that that I you know isn't going to throw a ton. Uh, when we say that, like it doesn't mean they're going to run the ball seventy five times and throw it ten. Like that that's just not what the NFL is nowadays. The NFL is a passing league now. Um, but that they want to run the ball. They showed that last at the end of last year. Kirk Cousins' attempts went down. I believe that they won't be that low uh, with the system in place now having those two receivers well maybe one maybe just Thielen on the field but uh yeah this is a super intriguing game for fantasy football and just football in general it's going to be great Reggie, Minnesota uh, and Atlanta I'm excited to see um what Calvin Ridley looks like that that's a question mark I've had throughout the summer is Calvin Ridley's role because last we saw him he was the wide receiver three and I know a lot of people expect him to take a big step Julio's gonna get his I really believe Devontae Freeman will get his as well Calvin Ridley's the big question mark for me in this game 
Yeah, and I think that's fair. You know, last year, as much as uh, Calvin Ridley performed, putting up the 10 touchdowns, getting to double digits there, he was still outsnapped by Mohamed Sanu. So can he take over as that wide receiver too? I think that's a really good point. Pay attention to the snaps in this game and the usage specifically, Calvin Ridley versus Mohamed Sanu. But I do think Calvin Ridley is not in a terrible spot here. If I drafted Calvin Ridley, I'm obviously using him. He's still a high-end wide receiver three for me this week. He's going up against Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes is talented, but prone to bring uh, giving up big plays at times. Xavier Rhodes is going to be on Julio Jones in this one, assuming Julio Jones plays uh, as he goes through a contract dispute right now, but it seems like he is going to play on Sunday. Uh, Devontae Freeman, more of a low-end RB2 for me. Don't love this matchup here going up against the stout Minnesota Vikings defense. Yes, they lost Sheldon Richardson off their defensive line, but still a really, really strong linebacking core and safety uh, safeties as well. Just a really good defense overall. The Minnesota Vikings, you know, as much as they get themselves in trouble with Kirk Cousins and, and, and crunch time and clutch games, they still have a really, really complete team top to bottom. They improved their offensive line. Dalvin Cook, you brought it up, Greg. Love him this week for DFS, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, full PPR, half PPR. Love Dalvin Cook in this spot. Uh, and if Stephon Diggs is not good to go, we'll know early on because it's a 1 p.m. game. That's the one thing that's good about this. Uh, if he doesn't go, I mentioned this yesterday, there is not another wide receiver on this Minnesota Vikings team that you can just pick up and start, like a Chad Beebe or... You know, even a Josh Doxson, he's not ready to go yet. He's not going to see a full complement of snaps. So uh, just pay attention to those things. But overall, I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy viable uh, players in this game, Greg. Yeah, I think so. It could be high scoring, and it should be fun. It should be Matt fast. Ryan. I have very low in my rankings. By the way, he's even. Just you know, I know he performs well inside of a dome. This is a dome game in Minnesota, but the Vikings defense is not really one to mess with. So uh, I do have Matt Ryan lower. I think I have him in like the twenty range in terms of quarterback. I know it sounds crazy, but I do have Matthew Stafford ranked ahead of him, Tom Brady, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins on the other side. I have Matt Ryan as my QB 22 this week, Greg. Alrighty, QB 22 for Matt very Ryan low. here yep. this week. Very, very low, especially a quarterback that you obviously drafted early. Miami is hosting the Baltimore Ravens here. Kenyon Drake, I know EY, you were speaking about him earlier. They're going to give him all the touches he can handle. Finally, now that training camp is over, now that drafts are done, Brian Flores is like, yeah, we're going to give the ball to our better player. That's Kenny I think Drake. Brian Flores just wanted to uh, suppress his value so that he can draft him in fantasy football. I agree with you, man. But the big story coming into this game is the Baltimore offense. Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson, what improvements has he made? And what I'm really interested in, EY, is who is Lamar Jackson's favorite receiver? Like, there could be fantasy value there. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't think that the pass catchers there are, are going to, to to be a thing. You know, you really want to uh, hang your hat on. I know that they have Mark Andrews showed a huge uh, chemistry with Lamar Jackson last year, uh, but it, it is going to be interesting. Boykin uh, looked pretty decent in the preseason. Uh, Marquise Brown has the draft capital, was hurt most of training camp and stuff, but we didn't see a lot of him. But there, I mean, it looks like he's ready to go, and we'll see. Um, it, it, I think it's a dart throw there. I think you know. Andrews is a guy I think that you can trust, and obviously all of the running backs. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I believe that Baltimore will have the number one rushing offense in the NFL this year. Lamar Jackson, my QB7 this week. Start Mark Ingram. He's a high-end RB2 for me. In deeper leagues, Justice Hill, very, very sneaky flex as well. If they get ahead big in this game, they could give Justice Hill some touches in the second half. Uh, And Mark Andrews is the pass catcher that I trust most out of all of them, including Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin this week, Greg. We have just one more segment to go. A whole lot of games. We'll get you as much information as possible. Stick with us. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back with you, BFFs. Freaking out about the Stefan Diggs thing. You like, and you, so I was trying to figure out who I could trade for. You suggested Miles Boykin? Yeah, so it actually just came out that uh, Marquise Brown's status is in question. We were just talking about that, is, is that, that game. Actually Dolphins and Ravens. Yeah, he's questionable. He's actually questionable uh, because of this foot injury that he's basically dealt with You know, since he was drafted. He didn't really perform much throughout the preseason and training camp. Uh, so Marquise Brown is questionable as of right now, and if he doesn't go, looks like Miles Boykin is going to be the wide receiver one for this team, and there's a lot of hype around Miles Boykin as well. I mean, this is like the upside versus safety play. Like, if you want someone who you know is probably going to give you four for 40, Willie Sneed is your guy. But Miles Boykin, the big body out of Notre Dame, wouldn't surprise me if he scores a touchdown gets in the end zone in this one, Greg. Is Chris Moore still on that team? Uh, yes, he is, and he would start on the outside uh, opposite Miles Boykin if uh, Marquise Brown is not good to go. I don't want any Ravens. All right, Greg, let's go. All right, sir. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> There's just I, so much. I apologize. All right, Jaguars and Chiefs. It's Nick Foles' debut with the Jags. It's Pat Mahomes. It's really going to be interesting to see how their running game shakes out. We were just talking about this with LaShawn McCoy um, and the running game and not exactly sure. Uh, ultimately, you know, who's the starter? Who's not? Who's going to get the carries? We, we have no idea. Again, the Jaguars may not be a good example to tell us who. A lot of intrigue here, Frankie. Yeah, on top of everything that we have going on with the Chiefs running backs, it's a really bad matchup just going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Uh, And overall, look, I have Damian Williams as a low-end RB2 just because I don't think that LaShawn McCoy is going to get worked in all that much in his first game here. I mean, he just was traded for... You know, this past weekend. Uh, so, you know, McCoy, maybe he gets five to seven touches, but I do think Damian Williams probably gets, uh, you know, around 15 touches in this game, uh, albeit in a tough matchup, but kind of canceled out because he plays for the best offense uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. So he's a low end RB2 for me this upcoming week. Tyreek Hill, really, really tough matchup, obviously, here against Jalen Ramsey. Still have him ranked inside my top 10. If you draft Tyreek Hill, you're using Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins, actually, outside of my top 36 on the other side, going up against A.J. Boye, it's a really, really tough matchup. You know, a few other players uh, in this range that I would start over him this week. Christian Kirk, Jameson Crowder, John Brown, Marquise Goodwin, spoke about a lot of those players earlier on in the show. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, last year, obviously you're using him, but just kind of proceed with caution if you want to use him in DFS. There was only one game last season where he did not throw a passing touchdown. That was against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. So just keep that in mind. There's, there's a lot in play here uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs offense going up against the Jaguars defense. It's, it's the classic example of best offense versus best defense in the NFL. Are you nervous, EY, about starting a guy? Not that you can't do anything about it, but like starting Tyreek Hill this week against the Jags and that awesome secondary is like a thing for you? No, I, I'm not someone like Tyreek Hill. So, uh, you know, maybe like other um, perimeter options like uh, Watkins 
or uh, you mean, I guess the running backs, it's just a, such a messy situation. You can think back until, uh, you know, even a month ago where you were sure, you know, Damian Williams is, is going to be a number one top 12 running back without question. Now, I mean, we're saying like maybe he doesn't even touch the ball 15 times. So it's, it's a crazy situation and this is going to be maybe their toughest week, uh, all year. And, and like Frank said last year, they did not perform well, especially statistically against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they're all healthy. Their defense is, you know, we're looking at them and wanting them to be good and thinking they're going to be good, but this is why they play the games. We don't know, but it it, it is more of a dice roll than anyone thought it was going to be at this point with any Kansas city chief. It is worth mentioning that Cam Robinson did not practice today. The Jacksonville Jaguars left tackle, so keep that in mind. If he's not good to go, that obviously affects uh, the run game and the ability to keep Nick Foles upright in this matchup. Mentioned D.D. Westbrook, have him as my wide receiver, 23. Uh, they, The Jaguars might have to score some points here, and for all the reasons why throughout draft season we love D.D. Westbrook, Nick Foles likes to lean on his slot wide receivers. I think he's going to be the top targeted uh, receiver on Sunday for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and Leonard Fournette, I have him ranked inside my top 12 just because uh, the Chiefs' defense, uh, overall, they were the worst defense. They were you know ranked 32nd last year, but against the run specifically, they got destroyed. So if you drafted Leonard Fournette, obviously you're using him. Obviously so, Leonard Fournette. All these guys, are you... EY, are you definitely using Damian Williams this week? Uh, actually, uh, I am not, I have him in, uh, I did the CBS telethon with all those guys, Jamie Eisenberg and all those guys. And, uh, I'm, I'm putting him on my bench in, in my flex. I'm playing Christian Kirk over him just because I'm just, I'm just too unsure. That's an interesting. Yeah, I would, I would go with Damian Williams in that scenario, actually EY, but to each their own, everyone has to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have Damian Williams at RB 22 just ahead of him. I have Tevin Coleman going up against Tampa Bay, Marlon Mack against the Chargers, uh, Sony Michelle against Pittsburgh, and Austin Eckler against the Colts, Greg. All right, there you go. Austin Eckler, also somebody we're going to mention on a little bit later on in the show if we can ever get there. The Browns are taking on the Titans. This is the last of the early games. Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, Freddie Kitchens debut. You know the Titans. You're Titans, EY. Tell me what to expect about from Deion Lewis. I don't know what to expect from Deion Lewis. It's all going to depend on sure. on the health of Henry. And I believe that the foot is is not a concern anymore. I think he's going to be uh, as close to his 100% as any football player could be at this point coming out of training camp in the preseason. And Well, except for the ones that didn't play at all. But um, he's going to roll and they're going to – he's going to carry the ball. Deion Lewis, I think, is a skilled guy. He's going to catch a few passes. We'll probably spell Henry a little bit. But, I mean, to me, like, you start him, you know, anywhere this week, you're going to regret it. Yeah, the player I actually like most on the Titans offense this week is Delaney Walker. The Browns got shredded by tight ends last season. Corey Davis going up against Denzel Ward, really tough matchup for him. I have Corey Davis as wide receiver 42 this week, so uh, obviously trying to fade Corey Davis there. Uh, Derrick Henry I have as a low-end RB2, just because, you know, while I might not love the matchup here, he's going to get a ton of volume. I can actually... Uh, agree with that sentiment. Uh, that, that's what this team is going to be built around, Greg. There's no doubt about it. Uh, on the other side, it's look, it's start your studs, man. It's it's yep. You're using Odell Beckham. You're using Nick Chubb. Love Nick Chubb for DFS as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you drafted him as early as he was going. He's in your lineup. I guess the one person you might have to make a call on uh, is Jarvis Landry, but it's not like the Titans are a... They're, they're a fine defense. They're probably like middle of the road. I have Jarvis Landry as a low-end wide receiver three. He is what he is. I wasn't really high on him throughout draft season, Greg. 
Jarvis Landry has not been your guy throughout draft season. I think you're probably, if you drafted him, you don't have to start him depending on your other options. few names I have just ahead of him. Sterling Shepard, Dante Pettis, Emmanuel Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, Marvin Jones. I really like the Lions pass catchers. The Marvin Jones one, one, that's the only one I really have a question about. Yeah, no no Patrick Peterson playing this week, and... uh, Robert Alford was placed on IR as well. So this secondary, you know, they drafted Byron Murphy in the second round, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and he might be good one day, but it's his first game as well, and he's a rookie. I think the Lions pass catchers are going to do really well in this spot. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. We said it before uh, in in regards uh, to this Colts team and Austin Eckler when it came to the Chargers. Hunter Henry, finally healthy. No Antonio Gates to block him. What is this Colts offense going to be, EY? Uh, I think that they'll be decent. I do believe that they're going to want to run the ball more than they would with an with an Andrew Luck at the controls. Jacoby Brissett is not Andrew Luck. I mean, there's there's no illusions there. He did get paid. Uh, he's going to be their transitional guy until they they draft their next two to be starter or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I, I think the chargers are going to roll here. I believe in this offense. I've been saying it all year. I think that they're going to score and they're going to score often. Um, I really wish James was playing because I believe that their defense was going to be in a top five defense this year too. With him out for the season, I don't think that they will be top five, but I still think their defense is going to be pretty good because they're going to score and pin their ears back and come after people. By the way, the Chiefs just extended Tyreek Hill three years, $54 million. I guess that's what happened. You get rewarded after all the things that you have done. Anyway. I think it's worth mentioning here. I think there could be a lot of receptions to the running backs in this game. The Chargers allowed the second most running backs, uh, second most receptions to running backs last year at just over seven per game. So, you know, they were talking about Mar- using Marlon Mack more in the past game earlier on in training camp. Uh, that's something that I'm really going to be paying attention to here. Are they actually going to live up to that? Are they going to use Marlon Mack on all three downs? Are they going to use him in the past game? If they do, he could be in for a very big game. The Chargers struggled in that regard last year. The Colts on the other side they allowed 6.94 receptions to running backs per uh, per game last year that was the third most in football so Austin Eckler in a really good spot I have him as my RB 16 Justin Jackson I think is sneaky as well I have him as my RB 38 he's just on the outside of like flex consideration but if you play in deeper leagues uh, much like Justice Hill I do think Justin Jackson is a sneaky flex this week T.Y. Hilton Greg worth mentioning I'm kind of worried about him here. I lowered him to a high-end wide receiver three for this week just because I want to see Jacoby Brissett for this game. You know, he didn't really play much in the preseason, and T.Y. Hilton's going to be matched up with Casey Hayward, one of the best cover corners in the league. So if you can afford to take a wait-and-see approach on T.Y. Hilton, I understand you probably drafted him in the fourth or fifth round. It's tough to do that. Uh, I am a little bit worried by T.Y. Hilton this week. Also, Keenan Allen. I want to make sure that he's healthy. Yeah, of course. We've yeah. heard a lot of rumors about Keenan Allen not being healthy, and it seems like he's okay. We'll see. I have Mike Williams ranked a few spots higher than T.Y. Hilton, so just to throw that out there, if you're you know, if you're deciding between T.Y. Hilton and Mike Williams, I do like Big Mike a few spots higher than T.Y. this week. Alrighty. Uh, anything else, E.Y., on this one? No, no, I like the Justin Jackson call, like Frank was saying. Yep. I, I do believe that, that he will carry the ball and touch the ball just as much as Eckler will, and uh, everyone will be cursing themselves with drafting Eckler so high and Jackson so low. All righty, let's continue on, and let's get to our next contest. Seattle is hosting the Cincinnati Bengals here. Cincinnati's got a new coach, Zach Taylor. They got no A.J. Green. Seattle's defense is much improved with Jadavion Clowney. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. How's this offense shaking out, Frank? 
Yeah, I think it's going to still be a lot of relying on the run game here. They're obviously huge favorites, up to 9.5-point favorites here for the Seattle Seahawks at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is actually my survivor pick as of now, the Seahawks, this week. Uh, Chris Carson, I have him ranked as my RB5. No, I did not make a mistake. That is not a typo. The Cincinnati Bengals were gashed by running backs all season long last year, and the fact that the Seattle Seahawks should be playing with a lead, the fact that they're going to be as run-heavy as we expect them to be. Chris Carson is in a good spot. I think Rashad Penny, also a sneaky flex. You know, I mentioned Justice Hill. I mentioned Justin Jackson. I have Rashad Penny ranked inside my top 36 this week. I think that he is in consideration as a flex. Love Tyler Lockett, much like I did all of draft season. Uh, He's basically the top go-to target uh, in this offense for Week 1, and... Pretty much for the season. DK Metcalf says that he's 100%, Greg. I don't I'm not it. really buying it. Yeah, I don't buy that either. It could be a big game for Tyler Lockett um, in this one. And hey, I, I'd like to see John Ross do anything ever. What would be the split between Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard? Just on that contract extension. Let's look at here. Seattle, Cincinnati. One of the two favorites for me. For Survivor, but as of now, I'm going with Philly. Couple games left, not a lot of time to do it. Tampa Bay and the 49ers should be a start very, everybody. Very fast game. I'm starting everybody in this one. Yeah, I have Jimmy G ranked as my 12th quarterback this week, Greg. Seven spots higher than consensus. Love yeah, him for DFS as well. But look, you're starting everyone. I have Dante Pettis inside my top 36. Marquise Goodwin, very sneaky this week. You know, if you have a question with, like, Stefan Diggs, and Marquise Goodwin is available. In DFS, Goodwin is super cheap as well. I really, really like Kittle this week, obviously. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, look, you're getting those guys in your lineup. I don't really trust the Tampa Bay Bucks running backs. That's really the only position I'm f- fading in this contest, Greg. Giants-Cowboys, EY, you starting Michael Gallup this week. Yeah, yeah, I would be. I, I like Gallup. I've liked him all along. We still don't really know uh, a lot about the Amari Cooper thing. Is it? Is it? You know, is it a serious foot injury? I mean, we we don't know. We haven't seen him play. Uh, so so we're going to find out. That's what Week One is. You know, um, Gallup is a guy that I've liked all the way along. I have him on a lot of my team, especially best ball. And uh, I, I would I would play Gallup. Frank, any last notes, my man? Uh, have fun this week, everyone. Check out my rankings over at RotoExperts.com. Sorry we couldn't get to every game. We just gotta we gotta tighten it up with the Thursday night. We football. went close, man. We'll get it. It's week one. It was a really big game. <laughs> it was. Sorry. It was. Oh, I learned a lot. We'll get better. We'll get better. He's EY. He's Frank. I'm Greg. Enjoy week one. We'll see you on Monday. We, we hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. But yeah, last night, the best way to describe it, Frankie, is news fast. I mean, it was, I watched it at a bar, I was all pumped, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it's midnight, I'm still sitting here. <laughs> like, that was terrible, ultimately. And my biggest takeaways is I wanted to create a, uh, some imaging, just called takeaways, something like that. So the second would always be called takeaways, right? In my head this morning. But we'll get Bavona on that soon enough. Agreed. So the biggest takeaway I had really takeaways, I should say, were this. Number one, these offensive lines are both bad. Both of these offensive lines were bad, in my opinion. In the first half. 
Specific- got better in the second half. Specifically in the first half, I agree with that. But Aaron Rodgers was constantly on the floor, and I get it, it's the Chicago Bears defense. Uh, the Green Bay defense, very impressive, I thought. That was definitely a takeaway. But as I was watching, I was really focused because I was with the two of my buddies who each had a running back in, on each team. One had Aaron Jones, one had Dave Montgomery. So I was really focused on those two guys. And my biggest takeaways here, as I keep using that word, Dave Montgomery looked awesome, yes, but... Oh, we're going to use him every play. He touched the ball like five times all game. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Mike Davis had six catches. Uh, it was seven, Greg. Like five times all game is still accurate. It was a joke. Dave Montgomery carried the ball three times in a row, had a missed tackle each and every one of those carries, and then seemingly, I know I'm exaggerating, didn't see the ball the rest of the game. And it wasn't like it was a blowout. It wasn't like they were killing clock the other way. This is a one-score game all game. And the one, the one player on the field for the Bears that looked effective didn't get the ball. Awful coaching by Matt Nagy. On the other side, the Packers certainly made an attempt, I think, to establish the run. But there, Hashtag established the run. But there was no running game to be found. Aaron Jones did nothing. Jamal Williams did less. Is it time... Hot take, overreaction, whatever. Are you nervous about Aaron Jones a little bit? I know it's the Bears' defense, but are you a little nervous? No, I'm not nervous about Aaron Jones. He still out-carried Jamal Williams 13-5 to in this contest. And when it comes to the snaps as well, I mean, Aaron Jones 37-2, Jamal Williams is 24. So we're probably looking at a 60-40 split, whether it's 65-35. And most running back tandems in the league are going to be similar to this. I will say, when it comes to Aaron Jones, they have a tough schedule to start. I believe they face the Viking ne- next week as well. Um, and I got to look into who they face after that. But it's a tough start for the first couple of weeks for the Green Bay Packers. So we could potentially be looking at Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers, all three of these guys, as by-low candidates after the first three weeks of the season. 